You're listening to the Quince podcast. A focal point in the women's rights movement is International Women's Day, a day which has served both as a day of protest in some parts of the world and a celebration in others. This past year, we have seen the crucial leadership roles that women have played in the ongoing farmers' agitation at the borders of the capital, which recently crossed its 100-day mark. We also witnessed the landmark Priya Ramani verdict, which scored a victory for the hashtag MeToo movement in India and the workplace rights for women. As part of the Quinn's Women's Day 2021 coverage, in a special series called Her Pandemic Diary, we asked women to take a pause and reflect on their journey this past year, which both anecdotal accounts and research show that women are among the worst affected by the new normal. So for today's special episode, instead of trying to understand what this day means for women, we are going to try and take a look at where women stand in India by giving a platform to them to speak about their daily lives, their struggles, and also highlight the landmark judgments passed in the last year. Get tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Himmat. Starting this episode with a historic point of celebration for women's rights and the Me Too movement in India with a judgment in the M.K. Akbar v. Priya Ramani case. In its final verdict, a daily trial court on 17 February stated that, and I quote, women can't be punished for raising instances of sexual abuse by complaints claiming defamation. Now, one of the many women who took the stand as a witness for Priya Ramani was senior journalist Kazala Wahab, whose testimony turned the tables in favour of Priya Ramani. In an exclusive interview with the Quinn for Women's Day 2021, Ghazala Wahab states that hashtag MeToo should not be seen as a movement, but a moment in our lives. Uh, you know, I have been saying this repeatedly that uh, I, the biggest mistake we are making is calling it a movement. I think it has been, a, it should be looked at a, as a continuum, which, is, which started I don't know when and by whom. And as and when somebody or the other uh, had a story to add to it, they added to it. So the responsibility of sustaining this momentum cannot lie uh, only with a few who did this. It, it's, it's like an umbrella which has been placed or like a tent which has been placed as a safe place for women uh, to come to and, and uh, share their experiences if they wish to. There are a lot of people who do not want to do that for their own reasons, it's fair, fair to them. But anybody at any point of time who want to do this can use this umbrella or this uh, safe place that has been created for them, this Me Too hashtag, uh, and speak out without being judged by others. I think this is what we need to seek uh, to do uh, going forward, uh, to say that it was a movement, you immediately put an expiry date to it that the movement started at this and this date and had finished at this point. You also put the burden of uh, leadership or responsibility on a few people and abdicate your own uh, responsibility towards this cause of uh, ensuring that this, uh, this safe place remains safe for women to come and uh, talk about their own um, experiences of uh, violation or harassment or whatever they wish to share. I think what we need to ensure is that uh, 
there has to be a mutual trust and understanding towards each other. We should give the benefit of doubt to everybody who comes and shares her story. Uh, she should be believed until she is proved to have been lying. I mean, we should not start with the position of cynicism that uh, she's doing this because she is motivated. Uh, so I think this is how we should treat this, not the movement, but treat this moment in our lives. To watch a video version of Ghazala Wahab's exclusive interview with the Quint, you can head to the Quint's website. You will also find the link to the interview in our show notes below. Now moving on to the stories from Ground Zero at the farmers' protest. Now as part of the Quint's coverage of the farmers' protest and of Women's Day as well, our reporters went to the Tikri border and spoke to women leaders, where we asked them about their roles in the movement and the motivation behind their participation in the agitations in such huge numbers. And one such story is that of 65-year-old Jaspeer Kornath, who has been a farmer and a labour rights activist for more than 30 years. Ms. Kaur is a state committee member of the Punjab Kisan Union and is instrumental in managing the daily activities of the protests at the Tikri border. Here is Ms. Kaur describing a typical day for her at the border site. I am Jasbir Kaur Nata and I am from Punjab's Mansa district. I am a state committee member of Punjab's Mansa district. I am a communist with Kisan Neta. My name is Jasbir Kaur Nath and I'm from the Mansa district in Punjab. I'm the state committee member of the Punjab Kisan Union. In addition to being a farmer leader, I'm also a communist. So I'm connected to the organizations of 1986. So I'm also connected to the CPAM liberation. So I'm connected to the organizations like the Kisan, 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 I have been associated with several organizations since 1986. I'm a member for the CPI ML and uh, I'm also part of their farmers, laborers and women wings. I leave at around 9.30 a.m. every morning for a meeting of our 12 farmer unions, which is scheduled for 10 a.m. every day. In that meeting, we decide who will manage the state and allocate time to several unions to address the protesters. Then there is a steering committee which decides the order of these speakers. ऐसा करके मेरा मैं वहाँ से जब आती हूँ तो यहाँ आकर मैं खाने का भी देखती हूँ थोड़ा बहुत सुबह मैं उठती हूँ तो मैं जहाँ झाड़ू लगाती हूँ ये मेरे मेरे को अच्छा लगता है मैं झाड़ू लगाती हूँ और बर्तन साफ करती हूँ रात के बहुत सारे बर्तन पड़े होते हैं पानी गर्म करके फिर मैं I make notes in my register for these duties and uh, then I supervise the food preparations at the border. In the morning, I clean the entire area and wash utensils, which I like doing. As we stated earlier, this pandemic has affected genders unequally, with women facing the brunt of the new normal. More women lost their jobs as compared to men this past year. Their caretaking increased exponentially, with children out of regular schools and elderly unable to follow the usual routine. According to the recent India Skills report, Women consist of 36% of the workforce, with men taking the rest of the pie chart. However, this percentage is also higher than the past five years since it was only last in 2015 when women participation was recorded more than 30%.
But the realities of the pandemic also hit the women more than men, especially in the healthcare sector. The unpreparedness for the disease left every healthcare worker across the globe in an unimaginably difficult situation. And sharing one such story is Dr. Shaila Jamal, a 38-year-old gynecologist who treated more than 200 COVID-19 positive pregnant women and delivered 60 babies while single-handedly looking after her kids and home. Somewhere around June, when COVID pandemic was at its peak, and I really wanted to work for the nation, for the humankind. So uh, the kind of support that one requires, especially when female requires at workplace, was not there. It was lacking. When you wanted PPE kits, more protection, some relaxations in duty hours, or some cooperation from your colleagues that yes, they should also come to the forefront. I was not getting that support. In fact, the, the kind of suppression, the kind of oppression that I faced at that point of time, somehow it broke me down over there. So came this decision when I moved from NCR to Bareilly in pandemic, facing so many difficulties. Still, I am proud of my decision today because whatever I have done is more than I could have done over there. The kind of satisfaction that I draw after delivering 60 females over here and caring for more than 200 COVID positive pregnant females, I feel really good and I feel that I have given back to the society. Obviously, my family was a bit furious with me that uh, why this need is there. In fact, from there came the suggestion that you quit your job instead of shifting. But uh, that is not my kind of character. So when I decided, I shifted. Kids also were like, why we are shifting? Because they were really settled at that place. At that point of time, I was feeling guilty that maybe I'm doing something wrong with my kids also. Maybe it's a disaster for my career also. But for me, my personal satisfaction was more important. A lot has certainly changed in the world of the past year. And the majority of us are living measurably different lives and situations. However, this does not call for complacency in the movement of women's rights. There is still a lot of work left to do to balance the scales. To catch all our coverage regarding Women's Day, head over to the Quinn's website. You can also catch all the updates on all our social media platforms. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 